children. It is say, March 8th, Tuesday. Just leaving work. I wanted to get some fast food before I went home because we have a Bible study tonight. And your mom is making, I think, black bean um, cheeseburgers. I think it's like a vegetarian cheeseburger. So um, I wanted to get some food first. And I'm going to tell her I'm full when I get home. It just doesn't seem that appetizing. I think black bean and tofu uh, burgers. I don't... Your mom is trying really hard to eat more healthy. And that's great. Uh, I'm just... I really don't want to eat healthy. I like the worst self-discipline when it comes to eating. Which is probably why I'm like the heaviest I've ever been. I'm like 100... I'm close to 180 pounds right now. So, hopefully one day you listen to this, I'll be back to like 150, and then we can all have a laugh. It's really bumpy where I'm driving, so the noise might be kind of bumpy. What is that noise? Oh, sorry. I was crossing the street, told me to go. Oh, kids, so many things going on. I wish I could just fill you in on them right now. One day. One day. How are you guys? Hope this... Hope this finds you well. Hope you're enjoying your life right now. Maybe you're not. Maybe you thought, oh, let me listen to Dad. Read the Bible a little bit. I don't know. I'm gonna turn right. Hopefully, no one gets hit. I'm just gonna go right. So, there's a place on the other side of the city we're in. Kind of like an abandoned, actually, it's, an, it's actually an abandoned uh, military base. And I'm, I usually go there if I want some quiet time. I haven't gone there in a long time. In fact, well, not for quiet time. We go there once because they have a bunch of breweries on the over there and some really cool places, the ice skating rink during uh, Christmas time, and now that I think about it, I'll tell you a little story, <clears throat> when you kids were younger, like much younger, I would put you in the minivan, and you guys, when there's only two of you or three of you, you guys would knock out, or if three of you were in school and the youngest was with me, you know, I'd drop you guys off at school, we'd do some fun stuff during the day, then, <clears throat> like around noon, I, you know, the, give the kid a nap, so I would put you guys in the back, water all of you, and by the time we hit this base, this area, you guys would be asleep. And so there's, um, the former officers club, which is where they used to have, like, dances and stuff, and informal things. I would park under a tree there and just, I might rest. I'd listen to something or watch some movies. I don't know. Something to just break up the monotony and the, and the extreme boring behavior. Or not behavior, but it's, sometimes being a, a dad is boring. And you know, the kid's sleeping in the car. You're not going to wake a kid up because they need a nap or it's going to just ruin the rest of the day, their attitude. So I'll just, I'll leave the car running, most likely, because if you turn the car off, the baby wakes up. All of you would. And 
that's what I do. So I'm going there now. It's towards the end of the day. Read some uh, Second Samuel. I think I'm starting chapter 13 today. stops. It's kind of a cool barber shop. The namesake asked me the other day when he, when will he start learning how to drive? You're 10 right now, which is just adorable. I will definitely be the one teaching you because your mom drives. Your mom scares me when she drives. She legitimately scares me. One time, I wasn't paying attention, and we we're with your and your grandma was in the car, and I'm driving your mom's purple Chrysler LeBaron convertible. It's a dark pearl type purple, and I rear-end someone, and I felt so dumb, but there was no damage at all, and so we're like, okay, whatever. lost rewards today. Did some work. I was in court yesterday. I'm in court tomorrow morning on some matter. I'm probably not going to keep. Oh boy. I pray for you guys. pray for you guys a lot. I think about you. Even like in, when you're older, like in college and past then, think about what you all become. Not career-wise, I don't care about that. When you get to my age, you realize career doesn't really say a lot about the person. But their character does. Not even the reputation. This reputation could be tarnished for dumb reasons or for lies but I pray you guys have good character from what I've seen so far you guys have amazing character whatever you do don't get down on yourselves if you feel like other people don't like you or you, have, you think you have a bad reputation or it's the character that counts that's what counts I'm a little melancholy today. A lot on my mind. Kind of missing my dad lately. He, uh, I don't know. We didn't talk that often after the, the last few years of his life. We didn't really talk to each other that much. It was kind of hard because he would rarely pick up the phone and I'd never have time just to himself. There, you know, your Nana would always be on the line, which is fine. It's just kind of miss. I miss what it used to be when I was a little kid, and it's just me and my dad. 
I never thought I'd miss that, but yeah, I'd miss it now. We did everything together. Everything. have rebuilt this thing up. It's like so many condos and businesses. It's a nice area. Promised your mom I'd be back by about 5.30. It's about 4.30 right now, so we have tons of time to read a bunch of stuff. That blinker must be really annoying when you hear it on the podcast. Went to Jack in the Box and I got a chicken teriyaki bowl. Which, which is, what's funny is, if we're going to church in the morning, occasionally we will go to Jack in the Box first. Or fast food. But if we go to Jack in the Box, children three and four, the king and the spy, you guys want breakfast jacks. You'll, you'll eat two each, at minimum. The king will probably maybe even eat three. But children one and two, entrepreneur and the namesake, you guys want chicken teriyaki bowls in the morning. So you guys want to eat for breakfast. It's so weird. It's so weird to me. I, it's hard for me to eat in the morning. Your mom, when she lived in Spain, would ask about breakfast in the, the host family she was with and the host mother would say oh your stomach's not open yet and that speaks so much to me your stomach is not open this early for breakfast time I don't think I even had breakfast I have breakfast? Oh, I think I had some cereal like at 10 I had a slow start today I got you kids to school and then I went home and I ran the dishwasher I did a couple loads of laundry a lot of bumps, a lot of railroad tracks over here. Very, very bumpy. So there's a lot of businesses, but it's also kind of juxtaposed with a lot of places, like abandoned barracks, which is kind of interesting. I wonder if, you know, if someone had the smarts, they would convert these to homeless shelters so many homeless people right now. It's very sad. Very sad. I hope you guys always have support. And always support each other. Always support each other. I mean... That's what I want. If you want to bless me or your mom, support each other. Love on each other. Lend other... Lend your siblings money and don't ask for it back either. And don't think natively against them because they asked for some money or they didn't have any money. Sorry. Wow, is it loud over here? On the Canadian geese, which is it's mind boggling since I used to go hunting all the time and there would be geese everywhere. Park right there. Huh. Looking for a place to park. And I don't want to park 
There's a dog park right here. I don't want to park next to it. People that have dogs, they're sweet and all of that. Dogs bark. For a parking spot, I'm gonna have some guy in the box and read. I wonder if you guys just skip past my voice just to get to the Bible, or maybe I should maybe I should put when I'm when I kind of get to the to the Bible. Maybe that's something you kids are interested in. Okay, I'm gonna park in the shade right here. it for a second. All right, I finished that meal. <sighs> Let's break out <clears throat> second Samuel. for you today. Yep. <clears throat> Alright. <clears throat> Chapter 13. Now Absalom, Absalom, David's son, had a beautiful sister whose name was Tamar. And after a time, Amnon, David's son, loved her. And Abnon was so tormented that he made himself ill because his sister Tamar, because of his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and it seemed impossible to Amnon to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was John Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother. And Jonadab was a very crafty man, and he said to him, "O son of the king, why are you so haggard morning after morning? Will you not tell me?" Amnon said to him, "I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister." Jonadab said to him, Lie down on your bed and pre pretend to be ill. And when your father comes to see you, say to him, Let my sister tomorrow come and give me bread to eat, and prepare the food in my sight, that I may see it and eat it from her hand. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be ill. And when the king came to see him, Amnon said to the king, Please let my sister tomorrow come, and make a couple of cakes in my sight, that I may eat from her hand. The David sent home to, to Tamar, saying, Go to your brother Amnon's house and prepare food for him. So Tamar went to her brother at Amnon's house, where he was lying down. I wonder how old these people were. And she took dough and kneaded it, and made cakes in his sight, and baked the cakes. And she took the pan and emptied it out before him, but he refused to eat. And Amnon said, Send out everyone from me. So everyone went out from him. Then Amnon said to Tamar, Bring the food into the, cha into, let's see, bring the, food into the chamber, that I may eat from your hand. And Tamar took the cakes she had made, and brought them into the chamber, chamber to Amnon, her brother. But when she brought them near to him to eat, he took hold of her and said to her, Come, lie with me, my sister. She answered, No, my brother, do not violate me, for such a thing is not done in Israel. Do not do this outrageous thing. As for me, where could I carry my shame? And as for you, you would be as one of the outrageous fools in Israel. Now therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. But he would... Oh, what? And now, therefore, please speak to the king, for he will not withhold me from you. But he would not listen to her, and being stronger than she, he violated her and lay with her. 
Then Amnon hated her with very great hatred, so that he said the hatred with which he hated her was greater than the love with which he had loved her. And Amnon said to her, Get up, go. But she said to him, No, my brother, for this wrong for this wrong in sending me away is greater than the other that you did to me. But he would not listen to her. He called the young man who served him and said, Put this woman out of my presence and bolt the door after her. Now she was wearing a long robe with sleeves, for thus were the virgin daughters of the king dressed. So his servant put her out and bolted the door after her. And Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her long robe that she wore. And she laid her hand on her head and went away, crying aloud as she went. And her brother Absalom said to her, Has Amnon your brother been with you? Now hold your peace, my sister. He is your brother. Do not take this to heart. So Tamar lived a desolate woman in her brother Absalom's house. When King David heard all the things, he was very angry. But Absalom spoke to Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon because he violated his sister Tamar. After two full years, Absalom had sheep shearers at Balhazor. Why is this on? Is my air conditioning on? After two full years, Absalom had sheep shearers at Balhazor, which is near Ephraim. And Absalom invited all the king's sons. And Absalom came to the king and said, Behold, your servants, your servant has sheep shearers. Please let the king and his servants go with your servant. But the king said to Absalom, No, my son, let us not all go, lest we be burdensome to you. <clears throat> he pressed him, but he would not go, but gave him his blessing. Then Absalom said, If not, please let my brother Amnon go with us. And the king said to him, Why should he go with you? But Absalom pressed him until he let Amnon and all the king's sons go with him. Then Absalom commanded his servants, Mark when Amnon's heart is merry with wine, and when I say to you, Strike Amnon, then kill him. Do not fear. Have I not commanded you? Be courageous and valiant. So the servants of Absalom did to Amnon, as Absalom had commanded. Then all the king's sons arose to each, mounted his mule, and fled. While they were on their way, news came to David. Absalom had struck down all the king's sons, and not one of them is left. Then the king arose and tore his garments and lay on the earth, and all his servants who were standing by tore their garments. But Jonadab, the son of Shemaiah, David's brother, said, Let not my lord suppose that they have killed all the young men, the king's sons, for Amnon alone is dead. For by the command of Absalom, this has been determined from the day he violated his sister Tamar. Now therefore, let not my lord the king so take it to heart, as to suppose that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon alone is dead. But Absalom fled, and the young man who kept the watch lifted up his eyes, and looked, and behold, many people were coming from the road behind him, by the side of the mountain. And Jonadab said to the king, Behold, the king's sons have come, as your servant said, so it has come about. And as soon as he had finished speaking, behold, the king's sons come, came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very bitterly. But Absalom fled and went to Talmai, the son of Ammihud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son day after day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and was there three years. And the spirit of the king longed to go out to Absalom because he was comforted about Amnon since he was dead. Such an interesting chapter. Interesting and gross. Absolute gross. I have sisters. That thought has never even come anywhere close to my brain. Blech. Chapter 14. Now Joab, the son of Zariah, knew that the king's heart went out to Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa and brought from there a wise woman and said to her, Pretend to be a mourner and put on mourning garments. 
Do not anoint yourself with oil, but behave like a woman who has been mourning many days for the dead. Go to the king and speak thus to him. So Joab put the words in her mouth. When the woman of Tekoa came to the king, she fell on her face to the ground and paid homage and said, Save me, O king. And the king said to her, What is your trouble? She answered, Alas, I am a widow. My husband is dead, and your servant had two sons, and they quarreled with one another in the field. There is no one to separate them, and one struck the other and killed him. Now the whole clan has risen against your servant, and they say, Give us the man who has struck his brother, and we may put him to death for the life of his brother whom he killed. And so they would destroy the heir also. Thus they would quench my coal that is left, and leave to my husband neither name nor remnant on the face of the earth. Then the king said to the woman, Go to your house, and I will give orders concerning you. And the woman of Tekoa said to the king, On me be the guilt, my lord, the king, and on my father's house. Let the king of his throne be guiltless. The king said, If anyone says anything to you, bring him to me, and he shall never touch you again. Then she said, Please let the king invoke the Lord your God, that the avenger of blood kill no more, and my son not be destroyed. He said, As the Lord lives, not one hair of your son shall fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Please let your servant speak a word to my lord the king. He said, Speak. And the woman said, Why then have you planned such a thing against the people of God? For in giving this decision, the king convicts himself, inasmuch as the king does not bring his banished one home again. We must all die. We are like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. But God will not take away life, and he devises means so that the banished one will not remain an outcast. Now I have come to say this my, to my lord, the king, because the people have made me afraid, and your servant thought, I will speak to the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his servant, for the king will hear and deliver his servant from the hand of the man who would destroy me and my son together. From the heritage of God and your servant thought, uh, the word of my lord, the king, will set me at rest, for the lord... The king is like the angel of, the, of God to discern good and evil. The Lord your God be with you. Then the king answered the woman, Do not hide from me anything I ask you. And the woman said, Let my lord the king speak. The king said, Is the hand of Joab with you in all this? The woman answered and said, As surely as you live, my lord the king, one cannot turn to the right hand or to the left from anything that my lord the king has said. It was your servant Joab who commanded me. It was he who put all these words in the mouth of your servant. In order to change the course of things, your servant Joab did this. But my Lord has wisdom like the wisdom of the angel of God to know all things that are on the earth. Then the king said to Joab, Behold now, I grant this. Go, bring back the young man Absalom. And Joab fell on his face to the ground and paid homage and blessed the king. And Joab said, Today your servant knows that I have found favor in your sight, my lord the king, and that the king has granted the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him dwell apart in his own house. He is not to come into my presence. So Absalom lived apart in his own house and did not come into the king's presence. Now in all Israel there is no one so much more praised for his handsome appearance as Absalom. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head there is no blemish in him. And when he cut the hair of his head for for at the end of every year he used to cut it. When it was heavy on him, he cut it. He weighed the hair of his head, 200 shekels by the king's weight. There were born to Absalom three sons and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a beautiful woman. So Absalom lived two full years in Jerusalem without coming into the king's presence. Then Absalom sent for Joab to send him to the king, but Joab would not come to him. And he sent a second time, but Joab would not come. Then he said to his servant, See, Joab's field is next to mine. 
and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. So Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and went to Absalom at his house and said to him, Why have your servants set my field on fire? Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent word to you, come here, that I may send you to the king, to ask, Why have I come from Geshur? It would be better for me to be there still. Now therefore, let me go into the presence of the king, and if there is guilt in me, let him put me to death. Then Joab went to the king and told him, and he summoned Absalom. So he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. Almost like the prodigal son there. Roll the window up. Chapter 15. <clears throat> after Absalom got himself a chariot and horses and fifty men to run before him. Alright, after this, abs after this, there should be a comment there. Absalom got himself a chariot and horses and fifty men to run before him. And Absalom used to rise early and stand beside the way of the gate, and when any man had a dispute to come before the king or for judgment, Absalom would call to him and say, From what city are you? And when he said, Your servant is of such and such a tribe in Israel, Absalom would say to him, See, your claims are good and right, but there is no man designed by the king to hear you. Then Absalom would say, Oh, that I were judge in the land, then every man with a dispute or cause might come to me, and I would give him justice. And whenever a man came near to pay homage to him, he would put out his hand and take hold of him and kiss him. Thus Absalom did to all of Israel who came to the king for judgment. So Absalom stole the hearts of the men of Israel. And at the end of four years, Absalom said to the king, Please let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed to the Lord in Hebron. For your servant vowed a vow where I lived in Geshur and Aram, saying, <coughs> If the Lord will indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will offer worship to the Lord. The king said to him, Go in peace. So he arose and went to Hebron. But Absalom sent secret messengers throughout all the tribes of Israel, saying, As soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then say, Absalom is king at Hebron. When Absalom went two hundred went 200 men from Israel who were invited guests, and they went in their innocence and knew nothing. And while Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahithophel the Gilonite, David's counselor from his city Gilo, and the conspiracy grew strong, and the people of Absalom kept increasing. And a messenger came to David, saying, The hearts of the men of Israel have gone after Absalom. Then David said to all his servants who were with him at Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee or else there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Go quickly, lest he overtake us quickly, and bring down ruin on us, and strike the city with the edge of the sword. And the king's servants said to the king, Behold, your servants are ready to do whatever my lord the king decides. So the king went out, and all his household after him, and the king left ten concubines to keep the house. And the king went out, and all the people after him, and they halted at the last house. And all his servants passed by him, and all the Cherethites, and all the Pelethites and the six hundred Gittites, who had followed him from Gath, passed on before the king. And when the king said to Ittai the Gittite, Why do you also go with us? Go back and stay with the king, for you are a foreigner, also an exile from your home. You came only yesterday, and today I and you came only yesterday, and shall I today make you wander about with us? Since I go, I not know where. Go back and take your brothers with you, and may the Lord show. Then the king said to Ittai, 
and may the Lord show steadfast love and faithfulness to you. But Ittai answered the king, As the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king shall be, whether for death or for life, there also will be your servant. And David said to Ittai, Go then, pass on. So Ittai the Gittite passed on with all his men, and all the little ones who were with him. And all the land wept out loud as the people passed by. And the king crossed the brook Kidron, and all the people passed on toward the wilderness. And Abiathar came up, and behold, Zadok came also with all the Levites, bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the Ark of God until the people had all passed out of the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Carry the Ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me see both it and its dwelling place. But if he says, I have no pleasure in you, behold, here I am. Let him do to me what seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Are you not a seer? Go back to the city in peace with your two sons, Ahimaaz your son, and Jonathan the son of Abiathar. See, I will wait at the fords of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar carried the ark of God back to Jerusalem, and they remained there. But David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went, barefoot, and with his head covered. And all the people who were with him covered their heads, and they went up, weeping as they went. And it was told, David, Ahithophel, is among the conspirators with Absalom. And David said, O Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. While David was coming to the summit where God was worshipped, behold, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat torn and dirt on his head. David said to him, If you go on with me, you will be a burden to me. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been your father's servant in time past, so now I will be your servant, then you will defeat from me the counsel of Ahithophel. Are not Zadok and Abiathar the priests with you there? So whatever you hear from the king's house, tell it to Zadok and Abiathar the priests. Behold, their two sons are with them there, Ahimaaz, Zadok's son, and Jonathan, Abiathar's son. And by them you shall send to me everything you hear. So Hushai, David's friend, came into the city, just as Absalom was entering Jerusalem. Wow, it's getting pretty intense. Pretty intense indeed. This is why, this is what David gets for the Bathsheba and Uriah scandal. Chapter 16. When David had passed a little beyond the summit, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, oh, met him with a couple of donkeys saddled, bearing two hundred loaves of bread, a hundred bunches of raisins, a hundred of summer fruits, and a skin of wine. And the king said to Ziba, Why have you brought these? Ziba answered, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride on, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine for those who faint in the wilderness to drink. Uh, and the king said, And where is your master's son? Ziba said to the king, Behold, he remains in Jerusalem, for he said, Today the house of Israel will give me back the kingdom of my father. Hmm. Then the king said to Ziba, Behold, all that belonged to Meshibosheth is now yours. And Ziba said, I pay homage. Let me ever find favor in your sight, my lord the king. Meshibosheth is being a jerk. When the king David came to Berhurim, there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name was Shimei, the son of Gera. As he came, he cursed continually, and he threw stones at David and all the servants of King David. And all the people and all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And Shimei, it's the first time we mentioned mighty men, by the way, 
And Shimei said as he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you, and you are a man of blood. When Abishai, the son of Zariah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? He is cursing because the Lord has said to him, Curse David. Who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more now may this Benjamite? Leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me and that the Lord will repay me with good for his cursing today. So David and his men went on the road, while Shimei went along on the hillside opposite him, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him and flung dust. And the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan, and there he refreshed himself. <clears throat> now Absalom and all the people, the men of Israel, came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel with him. When Hushai the archite, David's friend, came to Absalom, Hushai said to David, Long live the king, long live the king. And Absalom said to Hushai, Is this your loyalty to your friend? Why do you not go with your friend? And Hushai said to Absalom, No, for whom the Lord and his people and all the men of Israel have chosen, his I will be, and with him I will remain. And again, whom shall I serve? Should it not be his son? As I have served your father, so I will serve you. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give your counsel, what shall we do? Ahithophel said to Absalom, Go into your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the house, and all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench to your father, and the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now in those days the counsel of Ahithophel gave was as if he consulted the word of God. So was all the counsel of Ahithophel esteemed, both by David and Absalom. 17 is a little long. Four chapters is pretty good. <sighs> that is a pretty wild. Um, a lot of sexual sin in the house of David. Starting with Amnon. I guess they were like half-siblings. So Absalom and Tamar were full siblings. And Amnon... They all have the, their dad, David, but they didn't share the same mom. Absalom and Tam Tamar have the same mom, but not. So, okay, I'm, I'm getting it now. Still, half-sibling, that's really gross. That's, like, really, really perverted. I mean, when you think about it, it's horrendous because these are the princes, prince, princes of Israel. They could walk and have any, like, common girl on the street. They could just say, hey, you're going to marry me now. And who is to refuse a prince of Israel? And it's it's almost like the time old classic uh, you you want what you can't have. It's kind of like that, but it's just a terrible level, terrible. But this is the curse that's coming to fruition against David for raping Bathsheba and killing his friend Uriah. This is, the, this is what David's going to have to go through. It's pretty crazy. And it's going to end very tragically for Absalom. Uh, spoiler alert, everyone in the story dies. 
bad dad joke. Oh, that was awful. Um, and then, I guess, he has sex with all of David's ten concubines. That is just so... Ugh. I'm thinking of, like, the background. Like, I bet Absalom grew up with these women. They're probably, like, older. Or younger. I don't even know. It's gross. It is gross. I mean, the Ten Commandments are out. I don't know why God is allowing all this adultery. Why he's allowing David to have multiple wives. Um, I guess they don't explicitly... Um, prohibit polygamy. It just seems like they should, I guess. Anyways, lots of problems. And, uh, anyways, I'm rambling. You know, pray that you do not fall to temptation, sexual temptation. So many curses with it. So many bad things that could happen. You could get someone pregnant, and then your entire life is going to have to be about raising that child. All your dreams, you know, where they were, they are, they go down very far. And it's, it's just really about disease that could kill you. It's just really, um, there's a physical curse on your body for sexual sin. So, tr so don't do it. And pray that you will not be tempted or that you're strong enough to withstand the temptation. Because we're all going to be tempted. Constantly. The enemy knows exactly what we like. You'll be tempted by it. Mark my words. We are living in a, in a battle, a constant battle, children. And the enemy hates believers. You know what the enemy also hates? Marriage. They hate a Christian marriage. Because a strong Christian marriage is the foundation of a healthy belief in Jesus Christ. I'd say more, but I've been talking for about 40 minutes. I love you kids a lot. I'm now heading home. Gotta hug your mom for a while. And it's so funny. I, you know, before I do my send-off, so funny the other day, um, your mom and I are in the kitchen just holding each other. I was just hugging her and kissing her a lot. And the namesake walks in. He doesn't see what's going on. He walks in. Then he, like, rolls his eyes. Like, oh, oh. Okay, I'll wait. And he, like, walks away. It was, like, the funniest thing. It was so funny. So, I pray that you guys have strong Christian marriages. I pray you boys grow into Christian men who can lead their family as it's written in the Bible. And the entrepreneur, I pray that you're a Proverbs 31 wife in, in all ways. that you boys lead and my daughter you submit as it's written in the Bible not and, and the, it's not written in the Bible that men and women are not equal men are 
equal to women. We all submit to Jesus Christ, and the wife submits to the husband as, as um, we submit to Jesus. The church submits to Jesus. It's a beautiful illustration of faith that God has designed. God designed this. Anyways, I love you lots. I'm proud of all of you. Give each other a call. Say, hey, what's going on? How can I help you or pray for you? Or want me to come over and help you move some boxes? Or I don't know. Maybe I'll take the kids out. Let you and your wife have a date night. Or, you know, you could call each other and complain about how crazy I've been acting lately. Hopefully I don't get Alzheimer's. I might. I just might. You can make fun of me. I don't care. Love your mom. Spoil her. <clears throat> Spoil her to no end, children. Especially if I'm not here. You know. Let's say you listen to this in 30 years or so and I'm gone. Uh, I am... I'm giving you two charges. Two things I'm ordering you to do. Spoil your mom. Call her constantly. Love on her. Be patient with her. Forgive her. She's a human too. And love each other. Really love each other. Be each other's best friends if you can. Anyways. I love you. In the broader sense. Love other people. And in everything you do. Do it for the kingdom. And the king. God bless.
Peace.